Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. This is your favourite time of the week. This is my favourite time of the week. And I'm Nick Brown, Frowny Brown, from Frowny Brown Town. Newcastle fans rejoice as Mike Ashley has put the club for sale, finally giving them some money. Man City destroy Stoke as we do a Kevin De Bruyne Appreciation Week, finally. The most popular fixture of the season has most people tuning out at halftime. And of course, we have Facebook's finest Champions League, our Week 8 takeaways, and we can look ahead to Week 9 of the Premier League season. And of course, I am never alone. I am joined by... A very, very content Liverpool supporter. We've had a week off, Mickey, but we're back. Yeah, I actually just woke up from that game. That's put me into a coma for three days after watching uh, Liverpool and Man United. But, you know, I've woken up feeling fresh. So, um, can't wait to get into this week's show. Is it is it disappointing? Like, what are you, just quickly, because we'll get into it more in depth. But just, are you disappointed overall uh, or going into it, would you have taken a draw? I don't know. Like... Watching the game, I definitely thought we deserved, like, we just, we could have got a goal, you know what I mean? Like, we were just in the, that half the whole game, but, you know, I'll leave it for the details for when we come up to the game, and um, I think we'll get more in depth into that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've obviously, we have had a week off. We've been very busy people as of late, Mickey, so you're yeah, kind of... I, I had footy trip, and I had to do a lot of soul searching after that weekend, so um, I'm back there's no uh, black dog at the end of my bed anymore, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm ready to go for another week. But luckily, we've had a cracking week of uh, Premier League fixtures. We've had upsets, we've had massive score lines, we've had goals, we've had saves, we've had. Well, as I said in the intro, we've got an appreciation week coming up a bit later on in the show. Where do we start? Well, we have to start with the shock. Well, you've been saying this every week, and the weekend we don't have a show. Um, <laughs> Palace go out and do it. They didn't score just once. They scored twice in the first half, and it took an absolutely quite own goal for them to finally get on the score sheet. <laughs> nonetheless, good. nonetheless, um, yeah, Palace win two one against Chelsea. Who would have thought that? That was uh, that was probably the best part. Once they scored that first one and got put down as an own goal, we're thinking, shit, if they go, if they only score one and Chelsea win, they've scored one goal for the season, and it's not even their goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, you'd be, you know. Looking good, actually. They looked really, really comfortable. Um, they look a different side of Zaha, don't they? Um, I've heard of a few people that, you know, Zaha coming in, freed up guys like Townsend, and that, which is true. And, um, you know, it breathes a little bit of life into the Palace camp. Let's just get one thing straight here. They are one game away from being at 18th. Um, they are one point away from, you know, off bottom. They're, in a possible two weeks, they could find themselves out of that bottom three, a place that probably no one would have thought it's even possible at the, at the at the start of the year, or you know, even as, as soon as last week. Exactly, I think that there's a um, there's a lot of upside now because you know we are so early into the season, even though we are you know, we're what, eight games in, and there's still a long way to go. Like when you're a bottom team, you just need to kind of hang in there, and your time will come. They've taken their opportunities; they look good. Um, I don't know where to kind of go for this. Like, do we talk about how good Palace were? Because they were very good. And as you said, Zaha being in that side, clearly their best player. And yep. like, we've been saying that for weeks. We, we've had discussions about how good their side is compared to other teams in that kind of mid-table. And, you know, they're still, they were missing a few players. Yeah, they were. And um, I think this is a really positive sign to think that, um, I think the main part is the fact that they've got this win now and the, the teams that are above them haven't got too far away. Um Zaha coming in and making an impact straight away is just an absolute godsend. He's going to look like Jesus for those Palace supporters, I think. Like, yeah, definitely. Him coming back has just been a life. Like, um, he's got pace, he's got skill, he's got his ability on the ball is good as well. Um, 
you know, as that attacking player, he's he's almost like a player that could probably play out front, to be honest. Well, that's exactly it. That's a big discussion point that's kind of coming out of this. Where do you play this guy? He's clearly, clearly your best player. You do have Benteke, but he's not in at the moment. Yeah. He's hurt. So is it worth just putting him up front at the moment, considering that you know, he's looking like he's by far the most dangerous looking player? It definitely, it's definitely an option. I think that um, that you know before this week their options had been looked really limited, and um, the fact that he's come in now, done a job like he has on the weekend, um, I could see Roy Hodgson just maybe in the back of his mind just going, you know, this could definitely work. And um, you know, if Zaha, um, you know, he he was a he's a Palace star, went to the United, come back to Palace, he's a player that the, the fans can get around here, and I think if. He might even think of this as a, as a perfect opportunity for him maybe to move up into that more striker role. He's got nothing to lose. Palace, I think, have got nothing to lose at the moment. And I, I think you'd be stupid not to give it a crack, I reckon. I, I completely agree. You know, when you've got a player like that, and you know, he's been linked to a lot of clubs. Every every summer comes around, and Zaha's one of those players who, especially the Spurs, Spurs really want him, but we just don't want to pay the money because we don't. You know, yeah. Daniel Levy won't put out any money. Uh, it just He's one of those players that you kind of, you know, there was no Loftus Cheek as well on this in yep. this side, like yep. a very creative player. Maybe he was just scared of being against Chelsea. But uh, yeah, it's this kind of when you have this player that's so far and beyond to me at least their best. It's like why not put him in the most dangerous position? Maybe putting him on the left could be a uh, a godsend for him because you know cutting in or putting him on the right, sorry, yeah. um, could be good for him because he can set up for a Benteke or that. But right now, if there's no stri- no clear cut striker in that side that's up to Premier League standard, why not have him up there? Yeah, definitely. And um, the thing I will say too, like with the clubs looking at him and that, I think a lot of clubs got scared when he went to United and it didn't work out very well and. Um, he was unfortunately for him. He was he was one of those pieces in the puzzle when the Moyes era came in, and he was really um, probably I reckon probably a bit hard done by. You know, he barely featured for United before getting sold back, and I think clubs got a little bit worried about him after that um, about you know committing to him, and that's how he found himself back at Palace. I think um, now he's playing. It looks like he's just playing with freedom. I think his freedom. You know, like he he knows he's probably the star of the team, and he can and he can kind of just express himself. Um, where does this leave Chelsea, but Nick? Because hmm. they find themselves losing this game. Um, they're falling victim to you know lack of squad depth. I'd yeah, say their list management's just been really poor in the off season. You know, putting all these players on for for loan and putting them on for sale, it sounds great when you're playing FIFA. Like you know, it's a really yeah, great FIFA definitely. tactic. You know, get get your young players up, they'll get a great potential, and then away you go, bring them back and put them in your side. But you're a club like Chelsea. This isn't this isn't what you do. You need to understand where your limitations are, and I think that you know, unfortunately, when you got you know, Murata's obviously hurt himself. He's not he's not at the moment. When you yep. got Bastoye, and I'm, I don't mind Bastoye. I think he's a decent striker. He's not up to being a first first string striker for a club like Chelsea. Yeah, well, and unfortunately, he's getting more found out every time. I think he's some guy that's probably um, he probably knows deep down that he wasn't a first right. Like I saying that a lot of strikers probably you know. They believe in themselves that much that they believe that they are number one. It's unfortunately for him, it's been a couple of times now where he's been given this lead role and he, he hasn't exactly. He's been a part of some bad losses. If you go back to the first round against Burnley where he started, yeah. Um, unfortunately, that, that just that never looks good for anyone uh, trying to make their mark at a club. He's he's been a, a kind of guy that's kind of fallen into a bit of luck getting these starts. He, yeah. I don't think if this uh, if Chelsea were more prepared and, and maybe got like someone someone they were chasing, like a Loriente, he'd never be in the position where he'd be starting. Um, Do you think Loriente would get a, a Loriente, sorry, would get a start over 
I think at the moment, yeah. I think he's more established in the fact that, and he's more experienced in that kind of way. Um, I think he'd play a similar role to Diego Costa, which works so well for Chelsea as well. Um, Would you reckon they'd kill to have Costa right now in that squad? Well, yeah. Well, I think Conte, you know, bit off his his nose to spoil his face kind of thing. Um, You know, they're looking like the holes are there, you know what I mean? They're they're very apparent now that Murata's gone. you wouldn't say this at the start of the season, but, uh, you know, every Chelsea supporter is probably praying for him to come back. Yeah. You know, not a lot of them were praying for him at the start of the year. So it's he's changed that around. But um, a little bit of soul-searching for Chelsea because I couldn't, honestly, I couldn't see Palace getting any points anytime soon. And they've opened the door for Palace. They've given them, you know, a little taste of victory. And hopefully for them, they can go on from here. Exactly. And I think that, um, you know, when you look at this Chelsea squad, other than Murata and probably Kante, they're full strength in terms yep. of what they can produce. They yep. had, uh, well, they had Pedro and Zabacosta coming off the bench. So they've got quality on the bench still. Yep. And uh, so, like, it's, you know, you can say that your, your star striker's not in, but that can only count for so much. When you're a club like Chelsea, you have, these are games you need to put away. Yep. And, like, this is what's going to, you know, kind of keep you or put you out of the title race maybe later down the line. One more question before we move on with Zaha. Um, do you think he's a player that excels in a, in, a, uh, in a poor team but would never make it in a big team? Or do you think he's somebody with the right kind of uh, game plan and structure around him he could excel in a... In not necessarily, a, you know, I'm not going to say United, but a, a bigger team like, say, like an Everton. I think, um, unfortunately for Zaha, and because he's already been to the big club and he's done the big move and he's come back, I think, he, unfortunately for him, he's always going to fall into the category of a good player, but he'll go to a Chelsea or a Man United again or, a, you know, the, the big six, as I would say, and be just a squad rotation player. Yeah. When the when players fall into that, that category, they never really get a chance. You know what I mean? Like... They never get thought of. Oh, there's so many players that I could think that have got into those those big clubs and just never really got the chance to prove themselves. Never really got a full go, and then find themselves out the door three years later when the new kind of their kind of player comes through. The new it boy. Yeah, the new Zaha. Really, they get replaced by a guy in the similar position. They do their two or three years at the top at the top clubs. Um, they they play twenty thirty games maybe most off mostly off the bench or cup games, and then they move on because. The surplus requirements. Um, I feel if Saha did that, that's where he'd fall into. I think it's for him. I think he should be enjoying where he's at. Um, you know, he's living in London. He's living in the capital. He's yeah. he's playing for a Premier League team. If they keep playing the way they're going, they're not going to get relegated. That's for sure. Putting away Chelsea, they'll they'll crawl crawl themselves back. Yeah. Um, does it, like you got to weigh up your options. He's already done it once. You know, I mean, he's played at United. He's been there for a year or two. Does he want to do that? Does he want to do that again? Because it fan, I think for him it took him so long to come back as well. So don't forget about that. Do you think that he could look at somebody like uh, Salah and kind of think that you know maybe after you know obviously he went he came in he had to go back away and kind of prove himself in another league? Yeah. Do you think that's something he could do? Or do you think well, he, even even De Bruyne as well? You exactly, know, you think yeah. of De Bruyne. Um, yeah, I think like as I said, for every story there's there's um uh what do you call it? what's the word um. I'm, I'm I'm loving your attempt here, but uh, what are, uh, I keep forgetting the word <laughs> exceptions. <laughs> no, I like oh. I like it. I like it. We're going to move on, but yeah. because uh, I want to talk about the goal fest and um, Manchester City versus Stoke City seven two. Something I just want to say with that, um, we were talking about FIFA two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, this is the perfect FIFA game. This is this sums up all my FIFA career. FIFA eighteen right? because FIFA now 18. you can see goals. Oh, it's it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous because. The goal, like, you know, goalkeeping, I thought was average throughout in this kind of game. There's a few kind of ones that they, um, Butland let through. Uh, but 
I, there's a few things we could talk about with Man City. Um, there's one massive talking point that I think that makes City the undeniable... I'll, I'll say right now they'll be the champions. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of how many points. Is they've, ter- they've been able to do the holy grail of sport, I think, and that's the, the good old saying, um, you might be able to beat a cha- team of champions, but you can't beat a champion team. Now, this team is a team of champions, don't get me wrong, but the one thing I've noticed this year is they've become a champion team. You look at the goals that they scored on the weekend, right? Sterling's goal, tap in. You know why? Sane could have had a shot, yep. put it right across. Sterling. Yep, same thing. Put it straight to David Silva. And the thing about it is, is these guys are so connected with each other now that they're finding each other without... Um, there's no disguise. I mean, the, sorry, the disguise is so well that yeah. the teams don't see it coming. You see that ball go across to S- Sterling, for instance. I did not see him in a million years yeah. passing that back to Silva. Um, it, w- it all happens so quick. And this is why this team, and it's a team now, it's not yeah. a team of stars. It's a genuine team. Um, I don't know what Pep's done in this last, you know, from the, from last year and this year, but he's turned this side, and they look like their best mates playing in the park. Yeah, it's something, it's almost scary to watch. Um, there's, you know, as you're saying, Sterling's somebody who's having a fantastic season. Yeah, um, and, and same with Sane. And Sane, I think David Silva's having a really great season. The shaved yep. head's really helping him. Yeah, he looks normal now. <laughs> How does, where do you rate Jesus? Just quickly, because like he's he's he potential some, to be one of the best. Oh, I tell you what, he's somebody that I worry about. I worry about big time when he when yeah. when the inevitable game against Spurs comes up. I'm going to be terrified of him. I'm almost probably going to be more terrified of him on the same level as Aguero because they are just so. Yeah, Aguero has the experience, but Jesus is just so quick and uh, just so unpredictable in what he's going to do. Don't disregard uh, Aguero's pace as well. He's still oh going. no, he's he's definitely got some nippity step. But <laughs> um, like for them to put seven past Stoke without Aguero, without Aguero, yeah. And, and and this is the amazing thing. I think the thing that fears me most as a as a rival supporter is City's collective. Like they are so good by themselves. These these are world class players that are playing this team. But as a team, they these guys are destroying teams. Mm. There is no way you should ever put seven past a team in the Premier League. Um, Stoke are a decent team. They've got a decent, solid defensive. You know, their structures are well. Mark Hughes is a solid manager, and he knows the game. This team, really, besides three minutes, where they, they got a couple past City, which almost kicked them on again, because they it, it almost pissed them off. It really did. Yeah. Um, it spurred on some uh, Kyle Walker, because he scored, I think, his first goal for City, which was no goal. goal. <laughs> but, like, you yeah, he, was, he was an absolute demon after that, you know, really kind of coming down those wings and setting it up. Like, yeah. It's just... It was scary stuff to see that pace coming through. Like there's no, there's no and, side. And that's what I mean. There's pace everywhere in this team. Probably in the middle. And that in the it's funny. All the wings are so quick. The strikers are quick. And in the middle, you've got two absolute geniuses in David Silva and our um and our boy Kevin De Bruyne. And these guys are the creative genius. And all they have to do now is put a ball out where they want, and these guys are going to run onto it. They complement each other so well, and that's the thing that's making this team such a great team is these guys have got all the pace. They've got all the smarts as well, which is what you need more than anything. Um, and these two men are just in the middle, just pulling all the strings. Um, Kevin De Bruyne's passing is world-class at, at least. I think Kevin De Bruyne might be the best passer in the world right now. Right like now, he yeah. Is, it, that... and, and David Silva's on the same page. That's the thing. Yeah. Like These two guys are just really... Um, Cause, yeah, they're just controlling everything, and it's 
everything is to perfection. You know, these balls that they're putting through have to be pinpoint. Like, they're so outrageous that they're even going for them. But they're so perfect that these guys make it look like the game's in slow motion to them. You know, they yeah. really do look like, yeah, they've got all the time in the world, as we we discussed it before when we are getting some food. Um, they just look like they've got the time of day. And the passes are just unbelievable. And these guys that are running onto them, they've also got the cool head to look around and see where their teammates are because the work they do off the ball is just as good. You see Sterling and you see Sane and you see Silva all in these... Like, when they, they're one-on-one, they're not just standing there watching the game. They're, they're yeah. in a position where, say Sane for, for Sterling's goal, say Sane took the shot instead. Now, if Butler's good enough keeper to get it, even get it to finger onto that, it's either going to David Silva or it's either going to Sterling. Yeah. And then they're, they're covering for mistakes that, yeah. that could possibly happen, but they're so good, they're not making any. It's yeah, it, it really is, and I think you summed up really well. They've got pace at both ends, and in the middle, they just have this class factor that you know can only really be rivaled by probably the other Manchester side. But even can then, it, but like, that's I the don't thing. think so. That's, and like you, and everyone kind of goes, and like it is, it's everyone's kind of says that you know Fernandinho is like the weak link. I tell you what, is he? he uh, uh, to be the See weak, that shot. Well, to be the weak link of uh, David Silver and De Bruyne isn't really the hard. No. Uh, isn't, isn't a difficult thing to do. Uh, his strike was unbelievable, and I think he's somebody who is criminally underrated. Again, playing yep. that kind of defensive mid player uh, role, role kind of thing, and that's that's exactly it. And you know, play, uh, the Matic role, Bakayoko, Kante, yep. um, you know, Wanyama, kind all these. And he's, players. Got, he's got Bernardo Silva with him while he's starting to find his feet. You yeah, know, he, he even he scored on the week. They both scored on the weekend. Yeah, and that, know, it sums it up, doesn't it? Th- that whole. That's, that's the thing. There, that whole collective four line, and everyone but um, De Bruyne scored on the weekend, and I reckon De Bruyne had a hand in most of those goals. Who would you take just uh, off the top? So we got Sane, Jesus, Sterling, and we'll go against Rashford, Martial, Lukaku. Tough, like real, think, real tough. Um, I think the reason why I'm going to go to this decision because I've got to think when you got players of that class and, and ability, you got to go past. The individuals and and think about what they do as a collective. Yep. Um. And in that, I'd go City. I think they're all selfless when it comes to play, you know playing up front. They link up so well. They're they're very skillful. All of them are the same kind of player. Quick, sharp, skillful players. Um. Sterling's coming to his own this year. Sane's yeah. coming to his own this year. Hezus is coming to another level. Yeah. Um. On that factor themselves. Um. I think it, I'd have to go City. It's, just, it's the amount of quality in those six yeah, players. Yeah, it's just too it's, much. It's unreal. Um, Stoke, is it... when? Okay, right, with Stoke, like, we can't really talk too much about it, but is this kind of one of those games where they just need to put right put off. to the back yeah, and kind of be like, you know what, we came up against a team, top of their game, and we <coughs> just couldn't match it with them today. Yep. I, I think most teams, unfortunately, are going to City and coming away with the same... Um, the same uh, theory that yeah. maybe this is just a game that we just can't win at the moment. Um, I'm going to put this to you, Nick. On the course of the of the world stage, how good are City in terms of squad? Can they compete with the Madrids, the Barca's, the Bayern Munichs, the Juventuses? I tell you what, it's it's the first time in a long time that I've seen a Premier League team that I could go. Like I can't. I'm not going to say they could they could win it. They but they have the squad that has potential. They can to challenge be up anyone. There. Yeah, and I'm so excited to see when they get through the group stage of the Champions League and they come up against a team PSG, like PSG yeah. or a, or a Madrid or a Barcelona. Are they? Do you think those kind of teams are turning their shoulder a bit? Because how many results do they have to go before? And everyone knows the, the difference between the Spanish leagues. 
and the French League and the Premier League, and they're doing what Madrid are doing to teams in Spain who have got no players, and these guys are doing pulling teams' pants down that have genuine goodly, good squads that would challenge, yeah. you know, some of the best teams. It's it's something you know they've got they've got everything at the moment. They've got the squad depth. I like, I, I sometimes I question them at the back, and you know I know it might be hard for me to say that, but you know they did concede two goals in a, in a short period. They were cheapy goals, like yep. they weren't they weren't fantastic ones. And they, they'd be ones that Pep would kind of be like, you know what. Like we need to kind of stamp that out if we got to, we can't be doing that all season because it will come back to bite us. But that being said, they scored the two goals and that pissed them off and they got, and they yeah. just went on an absolute tear through the yeah. whole the whole bloody league they're going to do. It looks as, like. Yeah, as well as they do play, there is a little bit of vulnerability there. You've seen it against like the teams that, um, you know, I've, I've heard but a few times. That being said, the, I don't think there's any team in the world that has a flawless defense. Like there really isn't. I don't off the mm. top of my head. There's no team that I can look at and be like they're just four superstars because I think. Given the the amount of amazing attackers that there are in the world right now, you can't stop everyone. Yeah. And like, yeah, like Aguero's on the bench; he's not getting subbed on. Like, imagine that. Imagine having a player like that. The greatest Premier League moment of all time. Mickey will continually say, "Well, I didn't mention it this week, but you know, we might as well go for it. Aguero." <laughs> and like, and he's not getting it, getting a crack at it. He's having an amazing season, and he's you no know, improving. Yeah, but is it still about his car crash? Yeah, well, he's he's on the bench. So mm-hmm. if he's on the if he's on the bench, then he should you know you should be trying to put on fit players on the bench. Maybe it's just a pub, publicity stunt, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just incredible to me. Um, we'll move on to the most. They say the most watched fixture of the season every season is Liverpool United. That's fair. Uh, either side, either, either side of the draw. I, I said at the start, I heard most people would have tuned out about sixty minutes in. It, it was. Oh, I didn't obviously because I'm a. As an okay, well, we're coming at it from two different points. Luckily, uh, as a neutral, I'm I'm probably going to say something that you might not. What did you think as a supporter? Were you enthralled by the game? Did you think much of it? Uh, well, the thing is, right, um, as a Liverpool supporter, as a United supporter, I probably would have been sitting on the edge of my seat. But as a Liverpool supporter, I felt they were always on. They played played so far deep. Um, I felt that as 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 a team on the attack, I almost felt on the edge of my seat because I was just waiting for the goal. I said to myself at about the 30th minute, I think, I think the goal's coming. I think it's coming. Yep. You know, we're like, we were dominating. And uh, you said it was my tip. I thought it was Ronaldo. Um, that save by De Gea was absolutely out of this world. Yeah. It's As I said to you, um, saves like that are past what you can be trained. You can train someone. I think those, those, those saves are just pure instinct and natural born talent that you cannot teach. And that was just... Obviously, it's a game-changing save. Like that, that, that was got that was going 100 miles an hour, perfect spot, and he just happens this reaction time and just to get the foot in perfect in the same. Like, you know, yeah. if he doesn't get that fully with his foot right, that just ricochets and goes straight in anyway. Yeah, um, I, I just confirmed it was Matip with the with the shot. It was. Uh, yeah, just um, just checked on my phone. Then it's it was something special that, and unfortunately for Liverpool, that was the only like I think clear clear cut oh, chance. I think. You could um, say the Emery Chan yeah. one, but I think that that was, that was a lot tougher. And even the way he put the, his foot through the ball, it just never looked like that was going to go in. It, looked, it always looked. I like was always he should have left it. Yeah, like maybe, maybe he should have. Like you know, but it's it's I don't know. It's a weird game to kind of put in. I I hate to say this, but you know, Mourinho had one thing in mind when he went into this game. He didn't want to win. He wanted to draw this. Yeah, game. he that there was the most frustrating thing as a neutral supporter who had to wake up for a marathon five hours later, and, but wanted to watch this because it's you know apparently the, the biggest game of the season. And you know, I, I heard someone, um, a YouTuber I watched, True Geordie, comes out and says that um, anybody who you know paid money to go across to Liverpool to watch that crap as a Manchester United supporter would be absolutely thinking they they've 
absolutely they've got robbed because they've gone out and they they have been on the back foot as you said from minute one it was just defense and they didn't yep. want it and they had one chance all game and, and it was just put- I think that's um I've I've watched a lot of times where Liverpool have played Mourinho and Mourinho really does bank on that one chance going in um. Even look back to the Chelsea game a few years ago when Gerrard slipped over, basketball with one goal. Yeah. And, um, well, obviously the game finished like that, but um, you got to realise that Marino doesn't like playing at Anfield. I think he goes, I don't think he's ever gone out there to win, beat Liverpool at Anfield. Do you think it gives him too much respect, Liverpool? Like, you know, in, in, in the terms of, like, you know, United are coming in here. They are the second informed team in the competition with City. Yep. And, you know, you, you think that. When Manchester United play anyone, doesn't matter who you are, you should they should, should be, go to win with that kind of money that they're putting into that squad, with that kind of talent in that squad. There's no team that you should be going and going. You know what? We'll take the one point. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but also do see the way he sees it, right? Yeah. At the moment, United are twenty points. They're two points behind City. They're sitting pretty in second. Yep. We're sitting uh, immediately eighth on thirteen points. Mind you, one win puts us to fourth. We equal fifth, yeah, yeah. at the moment. Um. This guy come out with a plan. He, he's, you've got to applaud almost the way that he's kind of just done a big fu to everyone, and, and he's played the way he wants to play. This league could go down to the wire, and one point could win you the league. Now, if they, if United win the league by one point, do you think anyone would be complaining that he's gone out for a draw today? Yeah, of oh, course. This weekend, of course. But if if United lose by a point or two, then everyone would be going, you know what, that game that they could have gone harder and possibly won it because. On paper, like, yeah, I know you're a Liverpool sport. On paper, United have a better, better squad. Yeah. As, as Liverpool, the airfield factor plays into it, of course. Yeah. But when you've got, you know, Liverpool arguably their best player not playing, and you could say Pogba's not playing as well. So, yeah. you know, Pogba and Mane both not playing. But, yeah, I think Mane meant, means a bit more to Liverpool than Pogba does to United. Yeah, I, I, I guarantee every United sport will disagree with that. <laughs> but that's how it is. Um. It just seems like, you know, it was just a, such a frustrating watch. And may, it, I'm guessing it was because I'm a neutral, but... It, it was. Just... It got frustrating at times, don't get me wrong. Um, but as I said, I, for me, I was so hell-bent on that goal coming that it kind of, the game kind of just finished before I even thought about it. What, what was lacking? What do you think the reason why he did score? Do you think it was because of how Mourinho stuck to his structures the whole game? Do you think it was... Like, they defended incredibly well. Yeah, they could, did defend. Could... They defended well. I think we didn't take our chances good enough. There was a couple of half chances there. Definitely the champ one should have been better. Yeah. Um, but I think we just miss that maybe sometimes you just need that magical moment of brilliance to to score. I know Coutinho was cut off from that shot that he likes to do so much. He, you know, every time he went to that shot, he had to find something. Um, he, one time he did pick out Firmino in a perfect pass. And one thing I did find alarming is, so we swapped that front three, and even with the three fresh players, Solanke, um Sturridge and Ox. I think I thought Ox was better this week. He took him on. He had, he, he had, yeah, he had a crack, which I was happy about. He it did come off a little bit more for him this time. He had a bit more pace. But the difference between that three and the three that we start with is, is a massive golfing class. I think literally I think I gave up on Liverpool getting a goal when those three swapped it because it was so visibly obvious that the pl- three players we put on, the the, the golfing class yeah. is so big. So for those who didn't know, Coutinho, Firmino and Salah went off. Uh, who was it? Sturridge, Oxley, and Solanke came on. Yeah, Sturridge do is you, a sinister rocker. Do you think that, uh, like when you, we were talking about just then City, with, you know, they they play so much through the middle with their, you know, Silver and De Bruyne. 
Do you think that maybe it would have been a better idea for Liverpool to kind of bring somebody in the middle kind of area and try to create something? Because, you know, um, you're putting three strikers on. If the ball doesn't get to you and it hadn't been getting to them all game, maybe it was something behind them that was the difference. I don't think huge. the player... I don't think the... They were rude. They, they gave... Like, to be fair, our, our players gave everything. Don't get us wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, Coutinho was stuffed. So was Firmino and so was um, Salah. I thought Salah was... He was just tearing up Darmian at the start. He was he was on fire. Yeah. The thing is, his finishing is still very poor. For a yeah. It, and even when he on, even on his left, he's had some shots where he could at least put it on target. Yeah, and, he and does. He, he has that really like, you know, wide. that rebound um, from Matip's shot was you know tough chance because there were a lot of plays in the way and he had to yeah. pick the perfect corner. But good, great players put that away and like kind of is that. No, that is. And he took it off. Coutinho as well. Yeah, that he did, definitely. And yeah. it is one area of his game that is lacking a bit because he's amazing at taking people on. And he loves it. He loves taking them on. He's so good, has such confidence in himself. And he's yeah. a really good confidence player. But when you get to that one-on-one with the keeper, and you know, I guess we'll, we'll switch it over, this is where kind of you need to turn yourself into a, a fantastic or yeah. close to world-class player. Lukaku, one chance for the game. And we said this two weeks ago, he's not going to get three to four chances every no. week. And yep. he's not going to be able to get a tap in every week. He doesn't we, take it. Yeah, we raised the question, didn't we? And uh, unfortunately, we got proved, proven right. Actually, I'm kind of glad we got proven yeah. right. But um, he was very much isolated this game. I think it'd be very cruel to judge him on this one. Yeah. Um, he, he was obviously frustrated. And he's probably thinking what a lot of people were. That I'm playing for Man United, man. Like, why am I isolated while my whole team's in the in the back half. And and you could tell by the players are playing around, like Mkhitaryan and, and Martial, they were very quiet. And the same reasons, they, they didn't have enough, you know, um, opportunity to really take the game on. You know, for a guy that, you know, he scored his first career goal against Liverpool and the way he scored it was just tearing Martin Skirtle inside out. Uh, Martial was probably thinking the same thing. You know, why am I getting this chance to run out of players? He's just as good a dribbler. Um, as Liverpool's front three, he's a better finisher. That's 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 100%. He's a lot better finisher than Salah. Yeah. Um, he can seriously play, and I th- I thought he had the cha- he had the chains on this week. He couldn't really get released. Yeah, it seemed like their Manchester United as a whole couldn't get released. You know, but as as you said, you know, Lukaku would have been fuming, and I agree. Like you know, playing that kind of strategy and basically being like, you know what, you're the get out option. You're yeah. not even like an, an option. You're just yep. a guy we're going to bomb the ball to and just try and hold it up, basically. Uh, but he still had that one chance, and yep. great strikers, or not even like not even great, but like calm strikers and people in those kind of positions against a team like Liverpool, especially against the flow of play. Which you know that whole game, if they scored, the it, it doesn't matter changer. when it was, it was against the flow of play because it was all Liverpool basically yep. for the ninety minutes. It would have it would have just uh, like it would have done wonders for him. It would have done wonders for the club and that game itself. They probably yep. would have won. Like, yeah. and you know that shot and like Mignolet saved it, and we got to give some credit to Mignolet, but. It wasn't exactly, you know, a, a meter either side of him. Now, he had a lot of goal to go for here. Like, it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't... He, he was shooting across with you left. That's the only other thing, too. Yeah, but go the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something about... I, I just think that, you know, Lukaku's somebody who loves just getting ample amount of chances and then everybody goes on about how good he is when he scores one out of four. And, mm. you know, when he had... You don't, have one, one over, you don't have one out of four against the good teams. Exactly. And I, especially with the game structures. Like, we are, you know, kind of yamming, but... Overall, who loses most out of this game? Liverpool. I think the the more vulnerable position, like United will go, oh, we've dropped three points, but we're still second. Liverpool, we're we're in a shit fight at the moment. We really are. We're in, we're sitting in eighth. I know it's you know two points off fourth, 
um, and one and we're a draw up to fifth. But um, considering you know the teams that are in, in we're in the fight with and Watford's two points ahead of us, I think that we really got to um, decide. You know, do we want to be challenging for the top four, or are we just going to be happy to slip away because we are scoring freely sometimes now? Like that was the main thing that was getting us over the line. That was so dangerous going forward. We're not. I think over the last month we haven't been as dangerous, and but we still have the same issues that have caused us the massive headaches us in defence. Clean sheet against United, but that is some kind of positive as, as bad as their defending what like their attack was. Um, I think for for a new little draw, I think we've covered a lot of topics on this one. Yeah, we have. Um, <laughs> yeah, we definitely would. Any game with Spurs or Liverpool, we're probably going to cover a bit more than yep. what we should. Um, it's funny because I'm just looking at the table now. There already is kind of a little bit of a gap. Um, kind of taking place with the top two and the rest. You know, Spurs are hanging in there. Yeah, but then, you know, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's. You know, I know there's a lot of supporters. You know, as I say every week, Arsenal fan TV, big supporter of. Um, they, I haven't watched it this week. I was keen to watch it. There are most of them are kind of saying Watford deserved the win, which is funnily enough. enough. We'll get, we're going to get into that now, but they're already saying title, title's gone. Like nine points down already. Yeah, that's, agreed, hundred percent. And it's very hard to say. Uh, well, as a as a person that's on the same amount of points, yep, title's gone. It's very tough, isn't it? And like you know, it's crazy how quickly that gap can start up. And you know, there's teams that are kind of just grasping. You know, there's got the, by the skin of their teeth to kind of stay in that race. We'll move on to Watford versus Arsenal. Um, I was, you know, it's funny because like going into this game, I had a lot of faith in Watford doing well. Yeah. Um, and it was. It's almost like now, and I know, you know, they are just playing in a bit of hot. They're a bit of hot form at the moment, but it was the thing is, but it wasn't a shock, shock. No, result. that's exactly not that it. it. Should, not, not the shock result that you, you'd expect. Exactly, and I think that um, Watford, a hundred percent, to me, deserved to win this game, even though there was a very dodgy penalty in there. Yeah, and like for a team that had no, like, and that's the thing too, they had so many factors going for them. Watford, I think the main factor is they had nothing to lose. Arsenal have everything to lose. Where does Arsenal go from here now? Because it's too. For me, it's too far gone now. Um, cut your losses. Get rid of Wenger. Every like, you know, even the most faithful Wenger supporters, I think, are now just they've just had enough. Like I was very big on, you know, you don't know what you got towards gone, but even yeah. now, I'm just like you've you've lost every everyone. Everyone's faith is gone in you now. So we have well, no Sanchez. It, it, no Sanchez. Yeah. Um, Ozil comes, not interested. Ozil comes on, misses the howler of an opportunity. Like, really, should have put him 2-0 up, would have yep. buried the game. Awobi yep. um, misses a really good chance. Um, this is, you know, this is basic stuff. For like, and Awobi can kind of, you know, it's, yeah, he's, he's young, I guess we can give him that, but not to Ozil, unfortunately, especially right now when they're saying that he could be going to, um, you know, United for a very... And, st- and that's, a, that's just a stinks of a player that's just given up. You know, like, all, and, and when you play his like that and they've, Semi giving up, like stuff like that, they miss. They're not concentrating anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, you know, that wasn't that long ago. Remember when, when Ozil ran around four players and kicked a goal? Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that you find that over time, when the player's heart's not there and the mind's not there anymore, they make simple mistakes that they'd never make. You know, a year ago. So. Where, where does Arsenal go from here, Nick? Do you reckon? Um, look, they. They'll bounce back. They've, they've won a lot of games in a row. They, yeah. they were due for a poor one. Um, you know, Ballerin, unfortunately, got sucked in for that penalty. It was nothing in that. That was yeah. really, really poor. And, like, you know, unfortunately, the nature of the game sometimes. They do cop a lot of bad luck, Arsenal. I admit that. Yeah, they do. And uh, that last goal, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but I'm going to give my boy Granite Jacker another mention, as I do every week. Yep. Um, have you seen what happened? I saw Shevley's goal. So w- what happened is uh, basically, basically when... 
they've got a camera on him while they're, you know, the ball's rebounding and rebounded twice. And uh, Jack is picking his nose, like, on the edge of the box. He's not coming in. He's just on the edge of the box, just kind of basically picking his nose. And everyone's kind of going off about it. And, you know, Jack is a player. And I think you said this two weeks ago that he's uh, completed the most passes in the in the Premier League. Yep. But unfortunately, he's a player that only puts them sideways or backwards and he does nothing with the ball. There's no creativity coming out of that midfield right now. And we've been talking about this already. And well, you know, it's hard not to bring him up because it played so well. City had that creativity going through and that's why that's how they get it to their strikers. You know, Lacazette yep. must be feeling starved like of any kind of real op- option or real kind of you know opportunities to score. Do you think right he's now. regretting the move at the moment? Look... <laughs> Very hard, As, you know. Like uh, he could have gone to, I think Atletico. He wanted to go to at one stage, couldn't do that. Uh, I, you know, it's it's hard to say. There's a long time left in the season. Um, Arsenal, knowing them, they'll they'll have their little dip. They'll come back up, and then they'll fail by January, and then they'll yep. they'll finish off the season well, finish fourth, and away they go. Yep. That, that's just typical Arsenal, and it's upsetting because you know Murdersecker gets his first start in a long time, scores, and uh, like yeah, everybody gives. Uh, including you, gives Murder Sacker a lot of shit on FIFA. Um, well, it's funny he scored in the 39th minute because that's about how much pace he's got. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was interesting to see uh, Troy Deeney at the end of the game kind of saying that, you know, Arsenal have no, uh, in his in his words, cojones. Yeah, balls, balls backbone, dick. Um, and he basically says that at the start of every, uh, when you go against Arsenal, you just jump up at the first ball and see if anybody wants it. And he said that he didn't really need to do that when he first jumped was against Murder Sacker and, you know, if he's gonna, if people aren't gonna, you know, try and uh, hinder his strengths, it's gonna be a tough day at the, at the office for him. And yeah. I think I like the honesty of somebody like that. And I know a lot of people might think and, like and it, shut up, but and the thing is too, he never, he didn't really say anything that um, is gonna get him in trouble. Like you can't get in trouble for that. No, but, um, he's pretty much just said, and maybe like Arsenal need that. Like maybe Arsenal, like if someone said that about your team, in whatever sport, they would just infuriate me to the absolute core that someone has the audacity to come out and make a claim to that. So it'd be interesting to see how Arsenal react. I dare say that that video will be played in the rooms at some stage during the week and yeah. and just leave it to Arsenal and think what 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 do they want to be uh, known as? Because right now they know, they're known as 11 girls that don't even want to be there. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, they also had, uh, I thought a big mistake was having El Nene on the, on the field starting. Yeah. Didn't get taken off all game. Um, I know we give him a lot of shit, but I think somebody like Wilshere would have been perfect for that yeah, kind of role. Yeah, and he, he, he needs to find himself back into that team because I feel like Arsenal were the, the lowest right now. They've got nothing to lose, and I think this would be the perfect chance for Wilshere to get some form. Uh, just looking at that, again, we, I say this most weeks, but Watford's team just keeps looking better and better by yep. the week. Um, Richarlison wins that penalty as well, didn't he? Yeah, Richarlison, he's, he's a very good player. you got Gray, Pereira still. Uh, Torredini again coming off the bench and yep. scoring that penalty, of course. It's, you know, he's getting phased out, Jordini, but he, I tell you he what, if he could be that impact, impact bench player, yeah, he's like you know because last season he he he, uh, he showed a lot last season, and yeah. he was one of the only shining lights in that season for Watford. So for him to kind of come out and you know he's making an impact every time he comes on, which is what you want from a player like him. It's uh it's really good sign for Watford. They are overachieving big time right now. They're fourth on fifteen points. They're clear fourth as well, and it's exciting. It's really cool because they are they're they're putting up a show, except for that Man City game, which. As we've said before, some games you just need to write off. And yep. <laughs> it's just you can't do too much. They're they're challenging everybody. Yep, they are, and and I think that's Marco Silva all over. I think. Yeah. And then I heard during the week that um someone it was a caller said that Marco Silva was probably someone that they wanted at Arsenal, and then maybe that kind of, that kind of uh, personality would be the perfect thing for him. Um, moving on to the next game, 
Spurs, they win at Wembley. They beat um, Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth season's looking worse and worse at the moment. And with Palace, if they get another win and Bournemouth lose again, maybe it'll be the shift of the um, the spotlight, as the managerial spotlight will be shifting off Palace and heading towards Bournemouth. Yeah, um, look, as, as a game, there wasn't really a hell of a lot to talk about. You know, Spurs were pretty dominant throughout. They had a couple of chances. They finally took one Eriksson. Nice goal, but, you know... It kind of it was a bit lucky that it kind of fell on him when he's kind of yeah. taking him on. So I can't really give too much credit. I'm not gonna say it was an absolute superstar performance. Uh, but was, his win at Wembley—that's the main thing. Yeah, it's, it's a win at Wembley, and like you know, Kane was Kane was poor with his chances this game. Actually, you know, it just seen, at Wembley he just seems to be poor. Whatever, yeah. away from Wembley, he just he loves tears it. it up. He tears it up. He loves it away from Wembley, but at, at Wembley it seems unless it's Champions League, uh, he's got to you know he feels like it's just like he can't seem to you know those those nets shrink a little bit. Um, yeah, Bournemouth, I don't know where they would be kind of, what they'd be thinking right now because, you know, their second bottom, obviously they're, you know, they're one win from out being outside the relegation zone. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to, we've got to remember that. Yep. Um, it's just, but they're just not really, they're just not really finding anything. And yeah, they're, they're, they're struggling this year, aren't they? There was and an incredible the save by, by uh, Loris throughout the game. Yeah. And that was really, really well done. You know, they they actually have some good players and they've got some experienced players in there as well on that team. And But it's just not gelling this year. I think it's, you know, they've had, I think they've been on a high, so like, so much of a high the last couple of years. And it's kind of, you know, it's become a, a bit of a normal um, thing to be in the Premier League for them now. And I think this is where the challenge really starts. So you find a lot of the clubs, they, they do that initial one or two years where they're, they're on such an adrenaline rush kind of thing for just being a part of it that they, they play maybe above what they can they can normally do and yep. find themselves in strong positions. This year, they're probably finding that um, these are the years that you establish yourself, establish yourself as a Premier League team, and it's just it's a nat- natural growth process, I think, of one of these teams. And it just depends um, if they can get out of this and survive this year. Um, they'll become one of those Premier League uh, normal teams, as we'd say. Um, but this could be the, the season that they get undone. It's, it's and. Week by week, they're looking more and more the team that looks like they might be going as a, as a relegation favourite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, right now you look at that relegation. I tell you what, we w- we wouldn't have picked these three at the moment to be in week eight. Nah, and uh, it's it's really interesting. It's, a, it's the power of the Premier League at sometimes, you know, isn't it? Like, well, uh, even if you look so, f- if you go so far as fifteenth, uh, West yeah. Ham, Everton, Stoke, Leicester, Bournemouth, Palace, they're not the f- like I'd seriously put pick them up as a collective and put them up at about eighth. Well, I think the three teams above them, if you go 12th to 14th, Huddlesfield, Swansea and Brighton, I'd say those, I think those were my three picks for uh, relegation. Obviously, there's still a chance. Obviously, uh, but uh, we've got to take everything with a grain of salt, I guess, because Stoke are on 17, uh, Stoke on eight points, sorry, and Huddlesfield on 12th or on nine. So, yeah, of course. There's, there's, and the rest are on eight as well. So, um, before we get too ahead of ourselves, no, I think I'm, we getting, gotta... I'm getting past it. <laughs> <laughs> Once I looked at the, all the numbers, then I was like, ooh. <laughs> no, it's still there. We'll move on, but to yep. Swansea uh, over Huddlesfield. Um, you know, this is a win. This is kind of one of those six point games. I think we talk about this a bit. That, you know, like these are going to be two teams that, and as much as we kind of have been going on about Huddlesfield having a great start to the season, they're starting to come back <laughs> down fall. to earth. Yeah, they are definitely. Uh, people are starting to work them out. Treat them a bit more seriously than uh, than most other teams like that, that, that they yeah. were early in the and season. And I think our boy is getting found out a bit as their main contributor and now that he might be getting the mark, 
once or twice now. He's he's finding it a bit harder than he used to. Yeah, he'd never have. He would have never had that in his career, basically, to yeah. get marked out like that. And it's it's and, and it's and unfortunately, when he plays in a team like Huddersfield, it is so easy to mark out the, the one player that seems to run it all than say a city that have got five or six. And um, that's where he's probably finding himself as the main go-to guy to, to shut down. They shut him down. They, they probably feel like they shut Huddersfield down, and it's working lately. Um, Abraham scores twice again, 42nd, 48 minutes. Second one was pretty lucky. He stole off his mate, yeah. Bayou. Um, was, that, was that dirty, or what do you reckon? Well, the thing is, right, the defender's coming on the inside of him, right? If Abraham doesn't get that touch, there's every chance yeah. that the defender kicks that away. I don't think that he had too much to worry about. Um, AU didn't look too it, happy about he, it. He wasn't pleased, was he? He looked filthy. For a man that probably struggles to find the net, but he's, he's probably thought that's that was mine. And he did work. It was very it was beautiful chip just over that, that little dink over the I keeper. I tell you what, for sure on the other foot, if you did that chip, you'd be hoping I was leaving that big time. Yeah. You'd, you'd want yeah, I would. Way. I'd be fuming if you touched it. I would have told you, actually. Because it was beautiful. It was a beautiful chip. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, you got to be in the right spot, at the right time, sometimes. And in all honesty, yeah, he had to he had to put that away. He had to kind of just get that touch on it, or at least compete. He could have missed it and probably would have gone in, but at least yeah. he was there because if it was just a defender, it would have been cleared off the line. Now, I'll raise another question for you, Nick. Oh, here we go, Chelsea. I wonder what's in their contract with the Abraham story because he's on loan at Swansea at the moment. He's playing very well. Chelsea are lacking strikers, Ooh. and is he a chance to get called back? I don't know if he can during the season. I don't know what's in the contract, but. <sighs> You know, he's looking better than Bashwai at the moment. He's scoring for a team that doesn't, you know, necessarily... Doesn't score. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good question. Because do, you, do you just leave him, though? I like, he, he's playing to. so well at the moment at Swansea. I think you just got to leave him. I think you have to. If, even if you're a Chelsea and you kind of want him back, you do have uh, a backup in Bashwai once Murata comes back. You know, order will be restored. Uh, I don't know who... The thing is, I don't know who the hell their third, stri- who their third stringer would be. And that's the problem. And that they that, haven't got Remy still, have they? No, no, they don't. And it's that's where that's where I'm struggling to kind of find where it's going to all come from for Chelsea. And you know, do they still have Remy? No, I think he got sold off. Where? Uh, I think he went to a French league. Went, went back he? home. Went back home. I forgot about Remy. He's nah, uh, so... if, he, if he is playing, he's not even getting on the bench at the moment. And you'd think he would get he would get some kind of mention. He'd be the third stringer. He would have been on the he would have yeah, been on the bench this yeah, week. Definitely. So he's either injured or gone. And it's one of those things where I think that yeah, as you said, he's going to get Abraham's going to get more playing time at Swansea. And what's the point of bringing him in if he's only going to get five minutes here and there? Yeah, if, he, if he's going to come in and he's going to play really well, he's going to build up some confidence. So when he does come back to the club, they either can sell him for a, a bigger profit or they can. You know, use, use him. him. I'd and use him at the moment. He's, he's, he's becoming a great young talent, that kid. Uh, we'll move on, but yep. I'm... Lucky. Know, pardon? Lucky. Very, very lucky. This is... I tell you what... <laughs> we'll say the game first before because... No, no, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about <laughs> no. everything but the name of the Brighton team. Brighton and uh, Everton 1-1 one, one draw. Um, Crankart... I think it's Crankart. Yep. He, said, he scored in the second minute for Brighton. They look like they had won it. And then... Nothing that I could say more than just absolutely idiotic. Um, I, I, can't, I can't even pronounce the defender's name, but just have you seen the replay? I actually haven't seen it yet. I... So the ball gets crossed in from Everton, um, and you just see this massive elbow getting absolutely thrown into one of the Everton players, and I'm like, like man, this is the ninetieth minute of the game that you should win now, and clear penalty. Rooney puts it away. He's never going to miss. Yeah. Everton are struggling, but they could have had this so much worse if that wasn't a draw. What are you, manager-wise, what do we think? What's Is he in trouble? Is Koeman gone? 
I don't know. He's becoming the um. He's the target man, isn't he? Well, he, it's it's moved off Billich, I reckon, and it's just yeah, kind definitely. of shifted to the other to the other team that you know. I think that a lot of the things is that these two teams are being talked up to be to do big things this year, and they've both failed. Mostly by us. <laughs> yeah, well, we actually, no, I was talking up West Ham. I wasn't talking up West Ham. Yeah, I was. Well, I was the opposite. I, I, just, I was just a Jordan Pickford fan. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's it. You're just thinking they'll never get to concede. Yeah, it is. It's um. Yeah, Brighton at the end of it, yeah, unfortunately, and it doesn't matter how you get there. Yeah, if you're 1-0 up in the 90th minute, you should win that game. And it's really disappointing if you're a Brighton fan. I I guess you could say a point against Everton at home going into it wouldn't be the worst result, but I put that in the 85th minute, I bet you'd be saying, yeah, if we don't win this, we'd be absolutely robbed. And for a team that, you know, they they need every point they can get, you know, to, to better their chances of staying up. You lose two valuable points due to an absolute howler, and it's just schoolboy stuff that you don't lose. You're cool like that. Um, yeah, it's just stupid, stupid penalty to give away. Everton can consider themselves lucky that they're not on seven points and sitting um, at 17th instead of 16th. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, they've got a lot of soul-searching to do. Um, they need to buy a buddy striker. They're, they're really struggling with that one. What do you think? I was just looking at their squad that they lined up. Um they kind of... Who, who started up front from? They had Rooney up front. Yep. Uh, they had Sigerson and uh, uh, Calvert-Lewin behind. Yep. And then you had Vlasic, uh, Schneiderlin and Gay kind of playing in that midfield role. Vlasic uh, getting a, a game is pretty uh, interesting because he, yeah, he, he was a very much a late buy, kind of one of those wonder kids that everybody's kind of talking about. At least he's getting game time. I'm sure he'll be yeah. happy about that. Well, they've got, got nothing to lose at the moment. When you've got Klaassen on the bench, who was like one of the mar- one of the marquee signings of that the summer, yep. and he's not even getting subbed on. And it's like, you know, this guy, is that something you think that, uh, is, is he struggling for a spot now? Or do you think that he's just, I I wouldn't say that. It's hard to say. You don't know what's going on inside the club unless you, you know, you're actually part of it. So, um, it's kind of what happens, but yeah. when you buy Sometimes it happens a well. bunch of a bunch of slow attacking mids and no striker, it's got you can't put them all on the field. Yep. And unfortunately, they have no they have no pace. Like really, yeah, they, they really are such, very slow. They are so slow, and even every game I said I notice it a bit this a uh, bit more and more, and it's kind of like you know when they're going when they're attacking, every team has that little bit, and every yep. team doesn't matter where it's coming from. Every team has that little bit of pace, and these guys just. Got none. They've got nothing. They're a bunch of murder sackers running around today. Oh, <laughs> 39 pace. And it's like, you know, when you bring it on, like, I think Morales came on, he came off the bench, and he might be your quickest player. And it's like. Yeah, and he's losing it. Yeah, like, exactly. He's not, like, he's good buying FIFA, but, like, that's about it right now. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's alarm bells are ringing. All I'm, uh, all I'm yeah, saying and they're, li- and they're ringing pretty loud, I'd say. Well, um, well we've know, got the big game next week, but uh, we've got Everton Arsenal to see who's going to bottle it more. Um, well, that's that's exactly right, isn't it? Like that could be make or break for either of those teams. I tell you what, that there, there are some. There's three points on the line there, big oh, time. Yes, yeah. you know, that's not a six point game. There's that's, a lot of games this week that I, I probably feel that they are. We'll, I reckon we'll probably get back to them because there's like just looking at it now, there's some massive games this weekend. Just on the on the on the scale of you know how important seasons you know season defining, defining. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we move on to Southampton and Newcastle now. Gabby Adini getting his team out, really. The second goal was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. He's a world-class player. Oh, not a, he's not a world-class player, <laughs> but he's a very good player. Um, they got, a right, got away with this, I reckon, a little bit new uh, Southampton. I think Newcastle were very good. They could have kept their run going. Um, but I don't think they can, they'd be complaining. They're, they're sitting pretty at ninth, and Southampton were just behind them at 11th. 
this was a good test, I think, for both teams because they they really got to find find out where they at, and I think they found out that they these 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 guys are going to be pretty close to each other this year. Um, I'm looking forward to the reverse fixture because I think he's got a bit of unfinished business in this one. Tell you what, um, Gamutini's he like yeah he's he's not quite world class, but. He strikes like you know that yeah. one where it's kind of he runs back into yeah, the square and kind very, of makes something. Out of it nothing. almost looked dumb. It looked like what are you doing? Just pass the fucking thing, and it was yeah. like you know it just it looks schoolboy. And then to pull that out, put it. Near, remind, that's not like another FIFA goal, is it? Yeah. Like when you got an overpowered player and you just 100%. want him to score, I put it near post as well. The way it did, goalkeeper had no chance. I yeah. think the defender could have done a little bit better yeah. to kind of get a foot on it because he had to. Uh, but you know he really he kind of saved it a little this bit. This guy was a decent player at Napoli as well and I think him going to Southampton flew under the radar a lot more than what people like think. Like this guy was, you know, a solid, solid player. Like he was playing in a, in a really good Napoli ta- team at the... At, uh, really good Napoli team at the time and he was just, you know, just phased out a little bit and when he comes to Southampton it kind of shocked me that he'd, he'd carry to a team that low. I thought he would have been a little bit higher. Um, you know, club pedigree style um but you know and he started off on fire when he first came there like was yeah. last year i think it was last year um but yeah he's he's literally bailed him out i reckon uh, newcastle would i reckon they consider themselves unlucky they were very good perez's goal was um very decisive i'd say yeah definitely. um yeah i think that both these teams have probably they've probably got I thought Newcastle probably considered themselves a bit unlucky, but in the grand scheme of things, these are going to be two teams that are pretty close to each other. So um, the draw, like, without looking too much into the game, seems like a fair result. It was a really... Because um, I watched a replay of this. This was a really entertaining game. Yeah, and I, I agree. I, it was something that, you know, despite... And, you know, I don't want to brag on Liverpool United all, all day, but kind of do uh but like to see like you know united not really push for a, any kind of result for them and uh liverpool kind of push for it but not like yeah fully, all the, yeah fully commit to it and then to see a game like this where both teams really wanted to win this and it was a really it was refreshing to see because yeah. i was really disappointed in that liverpool game and to see this it really kind of it brought my spirits up it got me got me back excited yeah. uh for just uh for knowledge we're just talking about about Loric remy he's uh playing for los palmas uh, of la liga at the moment Huh. There you go. So I just wanted to mention that one quickly. Um, Leicester versus West Brom. 1-1. Nasser Chadley. Oh, what a goal. Rahad Mahrez. Don't know what Schmeke was doing. Um, he kind of went to the... Like, Chadley scores an absolute fan worldie of a free kick. Yep. Uh, so if you can picture it for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, it's probably about 30, 35 yards out. Um, if you're facing the goal, the, the wall was to the right. He's, he's pretty much nipped it over and put it to the top right-hand corner. Um, Schmeagel seems to go left for a bit, and he must have lost it, I think. And then one, yeah. by the time he found out where the ball was going, it, it was too late. I think if he committed to the dive and he dived in the right area, he could have saved it. But I think that's pretty, been pretty pretty harsh. But at the same time, fantastic goal. Mares gets on the sheet, score sheet, saves the Leicester skin a little bit. They get a, um, a point that they would have been desperate for just to stay in touch. Otherwise, would have found themselves three points... Um, into relegation Into relegation Which is not somewhere Where they wanted to be West Brom They've got their 10 points early they, You know They yeah. move on to the next section And they, they go about Trying to stay up Yeah well you know West Brom If they do this You know for the next Bunch of games You know if they continue On this path They'll get to 40 points uh, A lot of people saying That this season could be one Where if you get about 35 points You might be safe Like that's kind of At the moment The way these teams Are kind of You know they're not really Winning too much Leicester are underachieving Huge right now You know where 
they're playing both Vardy and Ianacho up like kind of in the same team at the same time, which was lovely to see. But Ianacho getting taken off, is it? Uh, you know, what are we thinking of Leicester right now? They've got some good plays in that squad. I tell you what, like there's some players that I look at and I go, wow, I yeah, good players. Um, just not really having. It's it. just not really clicking for them at the moment. I think they're a, they're very much a forgotten team at the moment. I think. Um, Shakespeare, the, the manager, is is probably got away with what's his last name. I thought you were gonna, oh yeah, Craig Shakespeare. I, was, yeah. I thought you were gonna like quote Shakespeare for a second. Oh no, excited. no, I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> I think that he's flown under the radar a lot as a as a manager that could be in potentially trouble. Um, you know, you know they've got an interesting, you know, they got a massive game against Swansea on the weekend. They need to get three points, otherwise, the questions will, you know, the alarm bells will be start ringing. That's for sure. And it's no, it's not a gimme game right now. You're away from home as well, so it's gonna be. It's one of those tougher games to kind of like guarantee points, especially when you're kind of playing the way they are right now. Is you know, Vardy's kind of jumped off the party the last few weeks. He's not really yeah. firing the way he sh- like you know. I guess I wouldn't say he should be, but Mares, what do we? Where do we rate this guy right now? Is he like because a lot of there was a lot of talk about him in the summer. Um, a lot of it fizzled because they wanted fifty million for a player who, let's be honest, isn't worth fifty million right now. Yep. Uh, where would you would you want him at Liverpool? Uh, where where would he be best suited to right now? To be honest, he's probably gone back to where he should be, Leicester. You reckon he's, he's yeah, better at Leicester. I think at the moment, like he's I, kind of been a forgotten man now. I think his, his time's gone. I think he'd do. Uh, he'd fit really well into a West Ham team, actually. Yeah. I think that he'd be working because we're going to move on to the last game. It was that exciting that Mickey didn't even write it on the board. Uh, Burnley, West Ham, 1-1. He's looking at the board going, where where did I put this game? He wasn't very excited by it, obviously. Um, what the f- <laughs> Where, uh, you know, Burnley, I, I tell you what, Burnley would be kicking themselves over this. They uh, had all the play. Antonio scores pretty early, yep. and then they luckily at the end just of ran. It, uh, like I do remember the game, he ran around the goalkeeper, scored, and, and Chris Wood scored a nice header. Tell you what, Chris Wood's not too bad, is he? So a guy come from Leeds. Uh, not many players make it from the championship to, to the and make the jump and make it an impact. He certainly has been a man who has done that, so it's been good for him. Yeah, and um, yeah, there was a yellow. Uh, Carroll got red carded pretty goddamn early. Um, yeah. It did exactly the same thing twice. Yeah, straight elbows. I think the second one was worse than the first one, to be honest. And yeah. it was, uh, it was pretty. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a pretty disappointing thing to see. Actually, I was really. Uh, yeah, I lo- I like Carroll, and it was the, that was that's probably the thing that annoyed me the most about it all. Um, do, who kind of like? Do you think that Burnley kind of wins out of this or what? Um. Considering so, considering the season they're having, probably not. I think they're the team like they're the team in form over West Ham. I think they're the team that should you know be aiming to take the three points. West Ham probably you know pretty happy that they're only, they they got a draw. Definitely after losing Andy Carroll, the, these big thundering elbows. Um, you know, yeah. As I said, you got to look at kind of the perspective of where you're at at the time. And for a team Burnley who's on draw with points with fifth. Um, playing against the West Ham that are struggling they're starting to find their feet but they're still struggling a bit um, I would go out there and try and win the three points I think yeah it's a draw it's probably a fair result but you know um, it's, it's funny how a couple of years change everything because you wouldn't have been saying that a couple of years ago against West Ham against Burnley uh, so what we'll do is we've gone through the games we've come back uh, so before we go on a break Ooh. I wanted to run through a couple of interesting stats that I've, I've found up over the week bring it on um I was going to bring him on during the to the games, but I thought I'd bring him up at the end and then just 
get Ooh. that massive shock value. Okay, okay. Um, it's, it's mainly like over points that we've covered, a couple of outsiders. But uh, an interesting fact that I found out this week is Romelu Lukaku is been, um, he's, he's actually only scored 15 goals against the big six. Really? It's in his last 58 games. Yeah. Well, that, um, uh, he's scored 77 times in 136 outings against the rest. That's that's kind of the whole theory, but with Lukaku, and it does hold a bit true with those stats, doesn't it? That he can he preys on the weaker teams, and yep. we we say that a lot. And how many how many times do you reckon he scored for Everton against the Big Six last year? Oh, last year, mm. twice, four, four times. That's not Which much. Not much. No, not with much. It, right. Not much in a thirty goal season. No, that's uh, it's not good. Uh, it, it shows a bit. Is that the only that one you got? No, um, oh, no. I just wanted to bring up an, uh, another scary stat for um, Manchester City. Seven year was the the win they had. I mean, sorry, seven two. Scoring seven goals in the league was the first time since seven uh, zero thumping of Norwich in November two thousand thirteen. Yeah, um, and now they have scored twenty nine goals in the first eight games of the season. No team has ever done that in more than one hundred twenty years. Believe it or not, Nick. Well, my um, FIFA eighteen team Evans, did, but yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so do mine. What's the point? Um, that's the first team since Everton that have done that since the 1894-95 campaign. Wow. Eight, we're going back to the 18s. That's pretty which, uh, That's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That it, it's, it's massive. It, it really is massive. Like, you know, these are these are massive stats. I've also got another one there, Nick, for you. If you oh, like. no. Give it to me. Wayne Rooney, um, his goal against uh, Brighton was the 36th different team he scored against in the Premier League. Wow. That's cool. That, you know... That is madness, really. If you think about it, the amount of teams you can score against, and and in the league, and you know the vast you know variety of teams he's played over the years. That's very cool. I've got one it? more for you. Bring it. Uh, finally, you know, obviously we've celebrated Palace's scoring, just scoring. Yep. <laughs> um, they were a mere hundred minutes off breaking the record, um, in football history. Woo. Um, only half Hal- Hal- uh, Halifax Town. In the fourth tier. So this wow. is English football. Like, this is not even the Premier League. Jesus, this is just yeah. football in general. This is pro football. Took 730 minutes. So 90 minutes. Jeez. So one game of football, though, away from breaking a football record. If Aspil Equator didn't fucking score that goal, we could be Literally talking about... they're one game away from setting a new football record. So it's exciting. So let that sink in, kids. <laughs> well, yeah, what we'll do is um, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Facebook's finest. We're going to do our Kevin De Bruyne Appreciation Week continues. We're going to look at Week 9, the Champions League. The Ballon d'Or nominations have come out. And just before we do, clock over, Mickey, I just saw this thing on my Facebook. With Tottenham are in Madrid <coughs> right now. In what? Uh, they're in Madrid right now for yes. the game tomorrow. And they've got a new song. And I could have brought this up for Facebook's finest, but I thought I'd just bring it up now. Do it. Wake me up before you go, go. Who needs bail when you, you got have, Hugo? When you know when you have Sissoko. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have Hugo. Wake me up before you go. And back to our, our favourite segment, um, possibly the best segment that's ever been invented. <laughs> yeah. Partially because I invented it. Yep. Um, it's Facebook's finest. Uh, you know, time where we celebrate the keyboard warriors, as Nick would say, in the world, and just idiots, really, that, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to use a laptop or the internet for that sake. It's unfortunate because a lot of these times it's just 
Uh, it's not even like people. It's dumb websites or yep. like, yo, uh, do you want me to start or do you want to start? You can start today, Nick. Uh, I, just because I say that because um, SBS News, um, you know, with the international break, Australia, obviously, they had a win. And uh, SBS News come out with the uh, on Twitter and say, Socceroos thrash Syria 2-1 at the Sydney's ANZ Stadium in the World Cup playoff. Now, Mickey. Thrashers were the probably wouldn't have used uh, since we took the extra time to score the yeah, goal. Yeah, we we scored in the hundred ninth minute or something like that. Yep. Yeah, to just pip them at the line. We you know we could have conceded a few. It's a really concerning for Australian football where we're struggling to beat Syria. <laughs> it's very concerning when SBS doesn't know anything about football. Also, yeah. What do you got for that? Um, this is going back to two thousand and twelve, Nick. Um, okay, we're going back. It's a match of the day cover that features the one and only Adam Johnson. Yes. Uh, for those that don't know, he is the, the Sunderland footballer, former Manchester City footballer, who got done pretty much tuning like a 16-year-old girl. Yep. Uh, he was married and due to have a child with a, a, his wife at the time, which makes it all the more shocking. He's currently in jail serving, I think, a seven-year sentence. Yep. Okay. Um, unfortunately, this cover in 2012 is a photo of him with the... Uh, you know how you've got the shush, kind yes. of, you know, the finger over the lips? Yes. Um, with a little, uh, you know, those little cartoon clouds where they can write what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, speech bubbles. Say. It says, shush, match of the day. Don't tell anyone my secrets. <laughs> and that's before he got done. <laughs> that, yeah, that's before the kid kid. Oh, uh, that's very nice. I, I like that one, Mickey. That's not too bad. Um, fact of the day uh, from not, not match of the day on uh, Twitter, it looks like. England are 25 to 1 to win next year's World Cup. For those who don't understand betting, that means if you put 10 quid on, you'll lose 10 quid. Yep. <laughs> well, it's probably better than what we're going to be. We're not going to even be there, I don't think. Will we be on the betting scale? No, we wouldn't be even. We wouldn't be betting worthy right now. No, well, we've got to get into the World Cup first, which is sounds hard enough at the moment. <laughs> what um, else? I did notice uh, um, a nice one by Sports Bet. Um, over in Australia, this is after we won against Syria. We we go on to play Honduras um, in in the World Cup qualifying for the last for the last match. I think it is the, the, to yeah, see yeah. who we get who gets in. Um, and it was a screenshot on Google, which everyone's got Google, so they know what it does. <laughs> yeah. Um, of and the caption was, "This is every Australian right now." And the question is, is the Honduras national team any good? <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. I did the exact same thing. I, I looked at the Honduras national side and I was like, I don't know any of them. That can't be too crash hot. Really? But I do know Aaron Moy. Uh, yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> um, I, I, there is actually one player from Honduras that I know. Figueroli? Uh, maybe I didn't see him on the on the, on the, uh, the Nah, there's someone that I know from the Honduras. But moving on. Um, it's funny, you know, US... Uh, there was a US TV company that I can't remember the exact name of paid $400 million for the World Cup rights yep. just for USA not to qualify in the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's living, isn't it? Shattering, wouldn't it be? Like, you know, the They'd coverage. still watch you, it, I think. I'll tell you what, US are pretty. Oh, USA, bro. Oh, they would. Imagine, imagine Australia not being in the World Cup, the people that would watch, as opposed to Australia being in the World Cup. Yeah, but we did have Optus Sport take the Premier League away. That's very true. It's so it's kind of it's hard to gauge right now, isn't it? Um. It was an unfortunate storm. Uh, must have been in Cork City, um, and the, and the football club Cork City FC. Um, they had the stands torn down um, due to the winds. Nick, I'll show you the photo. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously you guys cannot see this. Otherwise, you've got a real gift. Go um, <laughs> but it's just basically a photo of the of the stands after the storm, and they've just fallen pretty much over onto the pitch and onto the seats, and the top of the stands is pretty much you know. Fucked. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, the first comment was, 
Um, anyone got a pick of what it looks like after the storm hit? <laughs> <laughs> not bad, not bad. I don't mind that. Uh, we got well, we got a um, uh, perfect one. You know, Aaron Moy playing pretty well in the uh, in the international kind of game against Syria. Yep. Um, classic line from our uh, lucky Doa. Aaron Moy could find space in a single bed with Adele. Very tough to do, which is uh, it kind yeah. of sums it up. I think Kevin De Bruyne could find a bit more space. I though. reckon he could too. <laughs> You got any more for me, mate? I'm out of. You're out. out. Okay, perfect. Now this is where I go to town. Um, Ballon d'Or, uh, you know, nominations came out. I got, no- I got a nice little one. Uh, Mane make it as well. Mane Coutinho last season, uh, 27 goals and 15 assists. Yep. Ballon d'Or nominees. Sanchez last season, 30 goals, 15 assists, not nominated. Yep. Yes, it's sir. really interesting though. I don't. It's very hard what the criteria is to actually get nominated, and how much of it is just kind of publicity and seeing like what, what kind of name you have. Because I think that um, like well, Mane, Sanchez has a bigger name than both of them. Well, you wouldn't, you'd think so, but I think with Coutinho being linked to the whole Barcelona, I think that pumped him up a lot. Like you know, kind of get, puts him on that yep, world stage a bit more. Uh, Chamberlain, Oxley Chamberlain, sitting in the middle of a seven-man bench. He's finally got that central role he's been looking for after leaving <laughs> Arsenal. Is a perfect yeah. little one. Uh, my another one from uh, Mike Sands. My girl walked in on me watching the Arsenal game, so I quickly pulled my pants down and said it was porn to save the embarrassment. Yeah, um, we got more. Um, uh, let's see. We got... Oh, perfect one. Uh, Emir Dzeko posted to EA Sports. Emir Dzeko, Emir, any relation? No, I don't think so. I really hope not after this. Uh, put a post on EA Sports FIFA. Now, this one gets a bit lang- a bit of language here for those uh, who don't like yeah. that. So I'm going to repeat Sparksy. I'm going to repeat this. <laughs> you cunts are never going to fucking get this game right. I'm versing shit cunts who have three long shots with silver package players with <laughs> three goals. Every rebound goes to them. Their 75-rated keeper is a Superman, and I hit the post three times a game, uh, three times a game. Fuck off! I want a refund, but I'm keeping the game. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's uh, at the time of me, um, at the time of being every favorite player's been there. Uh, it was 400 shares, 18.3 thousand uh, likes, and. Everybody, every man and his dog was commenting. It was one of the funniest things. And finally, this one's about... That is so true, but every player's been there. (laughs) It is so very true. Um, Finally, my last day at Liverpool, Brendan Rodgers was sacked after managing only two wins in nine games. Klopp has managed one in the last eight, but Klopp is great because he hugs his players. True. Ooh, big, uh, I, I big... actually heard um, a pretty sad fact about the old Brendo Rogers this week. What's he done? Um, his, his wife, his current wife, he, her ex-husband actually committed suicide. Really? Supposedly he couldn't quite get over the, the, the divorce. Wow. And she moved 200 miles away with her kid to be with Brendan. So, um, just a little mental health there for anyone out there that's feeling down. <laughs> that would have been dark. A bit, oh, that's a fun. You know what can pick us up, but 200 miles is a long way to take your kid away from your, from your father, but you know, I'm sure you're patting yourself on the back for that one. Uh, do you, you know what can turn that frown upside down? Mike Ashley selling Newcastle? Well, Mickey, do we want to get straight into it? Let's do it. Let's go. Mike Ashley, Mickey. Yep. Finally. Finally. I every... Newcastle fan will be rejoicing, rejoicing. But in saying that, Nick, he has put the club up for sale twice before. So yeah, and pulled them both off the market. That's exactly time. it. He wants to get out by Christmas. Is the uh, is the early reports? Um, is what do you think this the reasoning is? Like, you know, Newcastle are doing okay. Fag. 
just a fag. Okay, right. that's maybe that's a bit harsh. Is this pressure on by by board? Is this pressure by Benitez? Is this pressure by the fans? I think he's just over it. I think you know, no one wants him well, to own it. He does. I think he's thought he's probably made the amount of money that he can out of it, and he's he's been um, recorded saying that he doesn't he. Buying the club was a mistake. I think it's just a poisonous situation being for everyone. He needs to sell it. He needs to get out. And Newcastle need to move on to bigger and better things. You could tell that he was going to probably sell it anyway when he went. He didn't buy anyone in in the in the summer transfer, which is a real shame on Newcastle as a club that his ego was so fucking great about you know selling it and making a dollar that he was prepared to risk everything that the club has just got back into the Premier League yeah. just so he can make more money. Um, People like that need to get out of football. They need to get out of you know anything that involves any, anything other than themselves. And it, it'll be good to see the back of him. Do you uh, like? I know, you know Obviously, you you've had a pretty strong opinion there. Do you think like with the whole Wenger thing, as you were saying early and like before the season started, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Do you think that there's any way that no. this could end up being a no, negative? No way. And do you think that Newcastle, obviously, do you think they're going to come out as a better team? Do you think they're going to be yeah, able to I think, spend I think, some fucking um, money for once? Whoever buys them, you know, we'll have a chat to Rafa and. And the, hopefully that January transfer window, they can pull some players in to keep the work to keep them up. They're doing a pretty good job at the moment. Well, that being said, if January comes around and they're sitting ninth mid table, would there be much need to bring anyone in? Because you might want to, because you can only buy so much so. in the January. Yeah, window. you can. It's a very difficult window. Players go for um, above average prices. You never see big deals done. Really? Well, you do actually. Like, you not... see big deals, but they just go stupid. Don't forget, there's some names. Louis Suarez was transferred in January. Cool. Andy Carroll went yeah. to Liverpool in January. Tyres went to Chelsea in January. Fucking Liverpool involved in everything. <laughs> they had That was all in the same day. Fuck. Don't... I'm just, so I'm just pulling out the archives on that one. Yeah. Normally the crazy, crazy deals actually happen in life. There's been a lot of Because crazy... they kind of have to be crazy, don't they? They, they really do have to be out there because a lot of teams aren't willing to part ways with players mid-year, which is completely understandable. I can't have help but have a feeling Coutinho won't be Could be January transfer. Really? Yeah. That'd be big. Tell you what, it'd be uh, no, I think 150. He'll go. Yeah. If, if, if we keep up with the same information. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so you're going like Newcastle. Where do you uh, just quickly with that whole thing? Mike Ashley is going to hopefully sell it all off. Someone buys in. With we, I put my name in the hat. Um, I know you've you've said you're not gonna you're not going into the race of uh, buying Newcastle. What are you out. talking about? You're not. You I'm are a silent bidder. Oh, okay, silent bidder. Sorry, thirteen dollars. That's, that's a world exclusive. Uh, I, I put my twenty in to try and uh, get it. What? What do you? What would you do? Is there any position that you kind of go for? Like, what do you think? Do you think the an overhaul well, is needed? Unfortunately for them, they've got a team full of championship players. But they're playing. The they're they're playing, playing well. They're, they're playing, playing. Don't get me wrong. They're playing out of the skin. But um, I think that kind of thing can't last. That's fair enough. And uh, yeah, it's, I think it's lovely. I think every Newcastle supporter would be very happy. I think a lot of people are happy. Like I know you being kind of a, uh, a fan of goal and uh, Santiago. I've got a <laughs> very soft spot for Newcastle. I, I do um, love everything about that club. I think it's you know, it's a it's a great place that I actually would love to visit one day, Nick. Next year. Ooh, it's very, uh, very okay, interesting. <laughs> good uh, oh, well, we want to move on. We've, got, we've got a, still got a bit to go through. We've yep. gone, gone a lot right now. Kevin De Bruyne Appreciation Week. Um, I just wanted to get this out there. His passing, as we said before against Stoke, was just second to none, I think. In, just about Is he the in world. the Ballon d'Or li- list? I'd have to actually look that up. I, I really hope so. He deserves. Yeah. How much actually do you rate the Ballon d'Or? Do you like? Do you like? Do you really think? Um, it's, or do you I think do right rate now it's it. Messy... It's kind of like, but you know, if you look at you know Australian football, the same as the Brownlow, any sport, you know, the 
the guys that win are the guys that play the headline roles. You know. Yep. Unfortunately, there's a lot of good players in the world that miss out on those kind of rewards because they're not in the headline um, positions. And to be honest, you know, those headline positions are played by everyone. Like everyone wants to be that kind of player, so they're the best of the best. You know, there's a lot of players that have made it to the top, playing a um, an unfavorable position, as you'd say, and you know, kind of had less competition to make it to the top kind of thing, if that makes sense. Well, he is, uh, Bruyne is in the nominees. He is. He's in the nominees, thankfully. Um, where do you rate this guy right now? Do you think, how high, how close is he He's to one of the best in the world. Where will we, that, that can mean how a lot, high? but how high is he? Is he top 10? I'd almost say top five. Wow. He's, he's somebody, I think Pep said that he's the best player in Europe right now, which obviously managed to could have pumped his players' ties up a little bit. Yeah. But, but know, if, we, you're, if, if you're the best player in Europe, you're the best player in the world. Yeah, that's yeah, it's very true. Like, it's basically another way of saying you're well, best player in the well, world. Well, let's say the names. Um, Ronaldo, Messi is in there. Would you put Neymar in that top five bracket? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's hard not to. Yeah, uh, Suarez might be starting to fall fall down. There's a lot well, of good 30. players in the world, yeah. Patton. He's around 30. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think he's, like, he's slowing down a little bit, still scoring. Higher. Like, De Gea is unbelievable. Lewandowski is unbelievable. He's in that conversation. Isn't oh, he? yeah. I, I think he is. I, I, I think a lot of a lot of um, people kind of, when they talk about the best players in the world, they disregard any Premier League player. And it's very strange to me. Because, like, you know, I know you're a big av- you're a big advocator of Premier League. He's the toughest league in the world. Like, yep. bit by a long way. I know you've By been, a lot, yeah. And um, it's it's very odd that, like, we don't have anyone really right now that ever, ever kind of gets considered in that way. Like, you know, I remember last season, people going, oh, Kante should have won the Ballon d'Or. I was like, come on. Like, oh, let's be honest. Like, yeah. no. Like, yeah, he was lucky enough to win the Ballon, like the uh, Premier League yeah, one. Yeah, it was fantastic. He had a great season. Yeah. But, you know, it's a hard thing to do. Like, do you think that, uh, like, a season like this could kind of propel, you know, De Bruyne up to that level? Because he's kind of, like, just like getting into the Champions League, just like going deep into that realm. Yeah, I think, I think those kind of things play um a massive difference, you know, the success of the team is really something that they look for in these awards. Like, um, when they picked Ronaldo and Messi over the last 50 million years, um, it's been a lot of how, how much stuff they've won that year, you know, like, uh, Ronaldo's won the last couple, you know, with Portugal winning the Euros and, and Real Madrid winning the Champions League. So a lot of it does account on the team's success. You know, if, if, if City finish fourth and, and get knocked out of the group of the Champions League, there's no way in the world to get any further in that in that voting system. But they win the Premier League, they win the Champions League. He becomes a, a name that will be, you know, thrown around in the last parts of it. I think he's a he's a victim of not being as marketable as other players as well. You know, he's not yeah, the, uh, he he's not the flashy... It, yeah. He's not a flashy player. He's somebody who I... I, that's why I kind of I love him so much as well because he's somebody who doesn't necessarily take fly, everybody if, on. He flies under the radar in in so many senses, you know, not just in football to out of football. He doesn't, you know, throw himself around as a as a big um, personality. I think that's he's just a quiet kind of guy who just does his job and God, he does it well. He's he. I think we yet to see the best of him too. That's the thing. Yeah, that's ex- it's getting it's going to get pretty scary if he gets better than what he is at the moment. Yep. We're going to go through quickly the Champions League. Yep. Um, I'm just going to name you the games and we'll, I just want you to tell me who's going to win by how much kind of thing. Yep. Um, City and Napoli. Good game, I think. This is a real challenge for City. City will win 4-1. Uh, Benfica United. United 4-0. Uh, Chelsea Roma. Chelsea 2-0. Who are Liverpool playing this week? I don't know, but I'm not confident. Not confident. Not confident. I still say three the near Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about Liverpool right now? Because they're in they're in a really kind of odd state. They're kind they're still second on their table, but they're 
We need so, to win this game. Yeah, if, they, if you have any chance of topping your group, you have to win. Yeah, it's kind of hundred percent. This is one of the teams that there's non-negotiable. You have to get the result. And the like, yeah, and a, and big game for me personally, uh, which I'll be watching tomorrow. Madrid Spurs. I'll be watching Liverpool. Yeah. Um, what do we think of this? This is more of a. I think to be honest, we're still in that with that stage where teams like Tottenham. It's almost a celebration playing Real Madrid. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. I. I know everybody's like group of death and Dortmund, I do think it's a t- really tough team. We're very lucky to beat them the first time, but something about playing a team like Madrid or Barcelona right now, it's just, it's cool. I just, yeah, like, we played, Liverpool fun. played them two years ago and it was kind of like, yeah, it was, um, it's the it benchmark. Good, yeah. It's the benchmark. You get to see them like how many times has Tottenham played Madrid when you like in your time. That you've Imagine, yeah. Like them playing at, um, you know, them playing at Wembley Stadium in the, in the return fixture, they'll be playing them like that's pretty cool. Spurs yeah. playing at Bernabeu, and you have a chance to maybe not necessarily get the result, but not harshen um, your chances of getting further into the competition. Well, that's it. I, and if, oh, it does, but you know what I mean. If Spurs, you can still if, recover. If Spurs could scrounge a draw out of this, I think that's a very achievable result. Too. I tell you what, you, you're probably underestimating how good your team is. Oh yeah, it's hard. It's hard because Madrid are the best team <laughs> in the world. Um, yeah, you know, and it's. It's always going to be a t- difficult contest. It's going to be amazing. I'm really excited to watch it. You know, just the atmosphere is going to be crazy. I yeah, know. it's going to be crazy. Yeah, they're, they're already singing about uh, Sissoko being better than Bale. So that's about that's that's the intelligence of the Spurs sport right now. Yeah, they're doing plenty of the Spurs uh, sports. <laughs> I want I want to just run through all the play uh, quickly to play through the Ballon d'Or. Um, I want you to kind of tell me if anyone's, yes or no. Anyone's good. yeah. Basically. How about yes or no if they should be there? Basically, okay. Neymar. Yes. Uh, Modric. Yes. Dybala. Yes. Marcelo, Kante, Suarez, Ramos. I'm going to go through these. These ones are obviously supposed to be there. Um, Jean Oblak. Um, it's hard to say. We haven't watched too much of him. Yes. Coutinho. Now, like I say, I say yes. Coutinho like that because I don't think he had the most amazing season last year. I think year. it was brilliant last season. I thought it was good, but I don't think it was the most amazing. I think there's players that were probably better than him in the, in the season. Name five. Do I have to name five? I'm not going to name five. It's because he can't. <laughs> you win this round. Um, uh, Mertens. Dre Mertens from yeah. Napoli. Yes. Um, Great season. Had a really, really strong yeah, season. Yeah, he's, he's a player that's really come leaves and bounds for Napoli. Um, especially when Napoli needed someone. After losing Higuain, I think they needed a new man to pin all their hopes and dreams on than they have with this guy, and he's turned into an absolute superstar for him. I, I'd like to say yes. Uh, De Bruyne. Yes. Lewandowski. Yes. De Gea. Yes. Harry Kane. Yes. What uh, do you think of Harry Kane? Tell you so what, I know you're a skeptic. For I, some am, I am a skeptic. Um, <laughs> for some reason. In, in all honesty, I don't think Harry Kane's the worst player out of this list. Are you getting a Tottenham shirt this year? Yeah, I, I will be. Will getting. you get Harry Kane on the back? I've got Harry Kane already. So I, Did I'm, you get a name again? No. Who I'll would get, you get? I'll get Ericsson this season. Haven't you got Ericsson yet? No, I've got... Really? No, I've got, uh, I've got Kane, Ali, and Dembele. You got, you got Dem, uh, Dali Ali before Ericsson? Yeah, I do. I, I, love, I love Dali Ali. What about Loris? When you get the goalkeeper shirt? <sighs> I, I would like to get a long sleeve goalkeeper shirt, but I think I'd look like a bit of a, a, a wanker. You weren't to me. I'd be a bit too much of a full kit wanker for that for me. Um, yeah, I, I thought Ericsson probably should have been maybe the same kind of realm. I, you know, again, you can't, he's kind of a bit like, again, I, I think that um, Ericsson's perfect way of describing him. He's a discount Kevin De Bruyne. Like he's just not, yeah. he's probably about, and like it's, there's no, it's not nothing far being, away from me. Actually, there's nothing being ashamed of being a discount Kevin De Bruyne. Like I could only imagine how many goals Harry Kane would score if he had De Bruyne kicking it, um, you know, putting it to him yep. as opposed to Ericsson who still has fantastic service. Discount. He's, uh, pre- oh, he's not as far from De Bruyne as you think Ericsson. Yeah. Look, I, I'd like to hope so. Uh, Jekko. Ed and Jekko. Yeah. Was he that good for how many goals did he score for Roma? I don't know. I, 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 thought, I thought that was a bit of a strange one, but yeah, maybe he had a. Maybe he must have had a cracker. 
Uh, he was a good player. Yeah. Uh, Griezmann? He, was, he didn't get much of a chance down at Man City. Yeah, look, he scored... Well, the, he did at the start, and he played really well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he scored the goal before the, uh, the yeah, infamous he did. Inguero. He scored the header goal. <laughs> everyone's, everyone forgets about that goal. Because it's you all about Aguero. You know, you know that because I've said that so many times. No, I, I just remember that. I remember the, exactly how it went, and I was just like, yeah, it, was, yo, it, it was an open, it was an open header, and he just what are you talking about? It was midway in the box. No, but like, it, like for no, but how deep it was, it was just. It like, was a deep header. Yeah, like, I know, but like, the, like he shouldn't have been able to get to it. The keeper shouldn't have been able to score from Smashed there, it, like, and it was. Nah, just, you know the way the keeper could get that. You watch that replay again, and you see how far that ball came. Oh, it I'm was past the penalty spot. I've got homework tonight. Griezmann. Yes. Tony Cruz. Yes. Buffon. Yes. Sadio Mane. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, I will uh, say that because the level that he went from from Southampton to Liverpool was unbelievable. I feel I think that's reward for effort for Mane. I think that you know he's somebody um that you know I was saying before Coutinho kind of is, because of the whole Barcelona thing, I think his name gets put up a bit more now because of it. And like yeah, it's again, as I say, it's all about marketing in a lot of ways and it's about who's who's the most kind of famous yep. and all that. I think Mane's just So I'll just put this out there, right? Yes. Liverpool have two players in the Ballon d'Or thing, yeah? Yeah. How many has Tottenham got? One? One. How many has United got? Uh, as I go through, I will let you hey, know. Just get, go the whole full list. Uh, okay, we've got uh, Mane, Falcao, Messi. Yeah, have a good year. And Falcao's an amazing season. Yeah. yeah um, Messi, Aubameyang, yep. Cavani, yep. Uh, Matt Hummel. He's a star, Cavani. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Benzema. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. I haven't seen too much of him this year, but he... he yeah, I... I, I Say he would have scored goals. Uh, Ronaldo. Yep. Uh, Hazard. Yep. Benucci. Yep. Isco and Kyrian Mbappe. Well, Isco was very good for Madrid this year. He yeah, really, he really pushed himself into that team where there was probably names before him at the start. Um, what do you think Mbappe. About Mbappe. Do you think he's a, a well, he bit did of... have that? He did have that good of a year. Did Dalielli get in that? No. Dalielli didn't get in that. Like. No, I don't think he should have. Uh, I think Mbappe was so good at Monaco. Yeah, I um, I... it's kind of like a Mane kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. But maybe a bit of reward for effort. Any any kind of exceptions there? I don't, did I say David De Gea? I don't think well, I, I am a little bit surprised Sanchez didn't get involved. But yep. besides that, not really. Yeah. Who did he kick out? This, it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's going to go through every It's league. a bit hard too because we don't have full touch of all the leagues. Like, as I said, you said it in Jekko, but um, it's... It's something that we don't like. He could have scored thirty goals for Rome this year. We wouldn't have been known. Yeah, exactly. Um, any who's winning first of all is Ronaldo winning? Pretty simple. Yeah, one of the two, I think. Uh, Mbappe might sneak in, but I think who will get third? Neymar or Mbappe? Nice. I reckon. Neymar, I reckon Neymar will get third pretty comfortably. Just I don't know. I just think by name alone he'll get, especially yeah, because he's definitely bought almost like bought himself that that title almost. And of course, um, we'll do our predictions for Nick this. Uh, what am I talking about? This weekend's week. Premier League fixtures. We couldn't do it last week, so hit this me, week, Nick. This West week, Ham versus Brighton. Oh shit! Uh, West Ham. West Ham two nil. West Ham two one for me. Chelsea Watford. Ooh. Ooh. Didn't that? Oh, I was seriously. Oh, I just had the weirdest thought that I'm like, didn't Chelsea just play Watford this week? No, no, no. Uh, one all draw. I was, well, I was going to say that too. Uh, I'm going to go with Chelsea two nil also. Uh, Huddersfield United. United four one. Ah, uh, four nil. I'm going to go with uh, United. I was going to say Huddersfield. Um, United 3-1. City Burnley. Oh. Uh, 6-1. I'm going to go. That's not even like a ridiculous call anymore. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like wait, three weeks ago, it might have been a bit strange. But now it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, I'll go 3-0. Um, City. Newcastle Palace. Uh, oh, Jesus. You know what? I'm going to show a little bit of faith that you've showed in Palace every week. I'm going to go 1-0 Palace. I'm going to go one all. 
both of them. Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what not one all normally means. Stoke Bournemouth. Uh Stoke one nil. Bournemouth one nil. Swansea Leicester. Swansea two one. Leicester two one. Uh Southampton West Brom. Uh, Southampton 1-0 I was thinking about going West Brom 1-0 too I'm going to go West Brom 1-0 <laughs> You're an Arsenal <laughs> Ooh, Everton yeah. Arsenal Now these are the two big games uh, I think Arsenal 2-0 I'm going to go Everton 2-1 Do you just say 1 because you've copied every scoreline I've ever said? No, I've reversed it um, <laughs> Oh, this is going to be the, the, the interesting one I'm glad I've left this at the bottom Yeah, the, the, uh, the D-Day fixture The, uh, the total 90 Deadline day of Spurs Liverpool. What do we think of the game? Liverpool twelve nil. <laughs> <laughs> no, I take that back. Sounds like the scores I beat you in FIFA. Uh, yeah, what are you going for? Uh, wait, hang on, man. <laughs> uh, I'm going Liverpool two two one. Um, look, I don't know. Um, uh. Liverpool are Spurs bogey team. I always say this. We struggle. We usually draw against you guys when you guys dominate most of the game. So that's always fun. Uh, playing at Wembley. Um, even better. Even be- Probably even better for Spurs. Uh, for Liverpool, sorry. Um, yeah, we play better away from home anyway. Uh, I'm going to go with Spurs, however. Uh, I'm just going to go with a 1-0 victory for one Spurs. 1-0. Who one- scores, Kane? Um, no. Who else would score for you guys? Well, Erickson, Erickson scored there. <laughs> uh, Sissoko, because he's better than Sissoko. Bale. Sissoko! Because he's better than Bale. Uh, takeaways, Mickey, anything, any kind of big takeaways? My one, while I'm at it, um, I'm going to say that, look, I've said this, I said that Newcastle were going to fight for relegation a, a few weeks ago. I might have to take that back. I reckon they might be, I reckon they've just got enough in them to keep up. Yep. And um, I'll, I'll, my thing that I learned over the weekend, which I did learn over, over this weekend in particular, which I've already mentioned tonight, that um, I think City have become the champion, the team full of champions, but the champion team. They're, they're, they're not just the, a team full of superstars. They're, they're, you know, they're generally a dangerous and it's scary to think how good they are as a collective now. We are, we've got a $450 bet on the Tottenham-Liverpool game this week, so it's going to be very, very Do exciting. We? We've got, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who comes in next week as a happy man. If it's a draw, though, Mickey... Which is a very big possibility. Uh, there's a very big possibility. You, you know who wins. Mickey. The fans. The fans win. Do they really? Do they ever win? No, no. So I will win. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. This has been the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Mickey Kennedy, take us out. Uh, guys, you definitely don't want to miss next week's episode with Tottenham and Liverpool playing each other. Um, one of us is going to be crying. One of us is going to be happy. Or we both could be angry. I don't know. It's going to be the best season of the Premier League because we're going to take you all the way through it. That's right.